Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives, keep us playing small, and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome back. I'm so excited to share today's interview with all of you. We have a very special guest. Her name is Bo Maxwell and she is a professional medium and she has her own successful coaching business where she leads other spiritual coaches and in intuitive development and empowerment and really excited to share more of this episode because I took it a little bit of a different way. We are talking a little bit deeper into spiritual development. We're talking about psychic abilities. And I am bringing more of that to the podcast, just really normalizing conversations around we are all psychic and intuitive. It's just up to us to tap into that ability, tap into our creativity in that regard. And so in this episode, Bo and I discuss what it actually takes to be a spiritual person creating and leading a soul-led business. I feel that so many of the people I've been speaking to have been in this fear of I am a spiritual person. I have these intuitive and special gifts. I want to be of service, but how do I charge? How do I feel okay to charge my value for my services when there's a part of me that feels guilty for that? We go a little bit into money as well because I think that's another conversation, a taboo topic of how do I charge what I feel valued for and how do I start shifting my relationship with money as a spiritual person? This conversation I think was so well-rounded and really exciting because talking to somebody who's energetic, highly intuitive and sensitive and saying, how are you bypassing all of the egoic thoughts and patterns of I should just be doing this for free or I shouldn't charge so much and how do I create a lifestyle that I love and a reality that I love and Bo really dives deeper into how she's been doing this successfully for 17 plus years and how she's been teaching other people to do the same to move out of their own way and to really start shifting and reframing their mindset around money and shifting and reframing their mindset around being a spiritual person having a soul-led business so Let's get right into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I am here and excited to talk deeper into all things spirituality and also business building. So I have Bo Maxwell in front of me, and I'm really excited to 
introduce her to the podcast, introduce her to you guys. So she is a professional medium and leading spiritual coach in intuitive development and empowerment. She is the founder of a award-winning intuitive development course, The Sage Method, which we're going to get into, and the author of a best-selling book, Cracking Open, Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. She spent the first portion of her life as a skeptic. I know a lot of us have, and I we're going to get deeper into that too. And she had one eye-opening event back in 2005 that really opened her into her spiritual journey. So today she works with amazing students around the globe to help them open their natural intuitive abilities and live their fullest life. So hi, Bo, how are you? I am fantastic. I am so excited to be on this uh, session with you. Yay, I'm so excited. And we have so many things to chat about, but before we get into intuition, mediumship, like psychic gifts, and business. I want to start with like a little bit more about you. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about you, how you got into your work? And I'm very fascinated about this eye-opening experience you had in 2005. So yeah, share, share, share. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that uh, this will explain why I'm excited to, to talk to you and your people and help in any way that I can, because my background kind of falls in, in line with you, with you and what you're doing. Um, when I was a kid, I kind of joke that um, I was, I spent more time playing with like the little toy cash registers, right? Then, then baby, I just, there was always, I always wanted to have like a store or something like that, right? Where people could gather in community. So I've been a bit of an entrepreneur since I was young. Now, 32 years old, I've got two small kids. I am a skeptic. I didn't have religion or spirituality in my life. And it wasn't that I was pushing away from it or I was against anything. That wasn't my environment, wasn't my circles. You know, I grew up a nice little Methodist girl. Mm. When I hit 15, I said, nope, right? And so I just didn't have any of it in my life. Well, I also didn't believe in psychics or spirituality or the afterlife or anything like that. I was was a math major in college. You know, that's my very logical, analytical, very logical. It was like one plus one has to equal two. Nothing else works. And 32 years old, my grandmother was across the country. I unfortunately wasn't able to be with her, but I was able to be on the phone with the family in the hospice room when my grandmother passed, Mm. but we were, I was too far away. I couldn't get to her. And I hung up the phone. She had just passed. She was my mom right? She was real. I mean, that it was that kind of a maternal bond. And like an hour or so middle of the day, I was alone in my apartment after she passed, she showed up right in front of me in my living room. So not even like out of the Um, corner of my eye, right? It was like right in front of me, about 10 feet in front of me. She was also about 70% solid. So it wasn't even a moment that I could be like, did I see that? It was, oh no, this is happening. This is, and she was, it was weird because she was standing sideways and she turned and looked at me and winked and smiled. And then I literally watched her like hop out. Like it just, it, and it was shocking and it scared, scared me. I'm going to be honest about it. Can Um, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, so for every, for, for 32 years worth of a belief that none of this is real. Now this is in front of me. Um, I didn't tell anybody. 
And then my husband at the time uh, woke up, said, I had this really realistic dream of your grandma. It was really weird. It was like I was there. This is what she was wearing. And it was the same outfit she was wearing when she showed up in the living room. And I went, well, maybe this, maybe. And I had this brilliant idea that I was going to scientifically prove ghosts. Mm. Right? That's where I was going with it. I didn't yeah. scientifically prove it, but that was my attitude back then. And within about three months, she was, I was able to start to reopen that connection with her and uh, gain enough proof that I couldn't look back. Mm. So I wow. became a professional medium, which. Wait, so once before we get into that. Yeah. So yeah. you had that experience. So just mm -hmm. to recap, you saw a entity in front of you and yeah. that obviously opened your curiosity and it was obviously scary. I can only imagine. Um, and then when you said you became a professional medium, were you skeptic or like, how did you really know that was like your gift? Clearly that was in front of you, but was it hard for you to accept? And the reason why I want to, you know, take some time here is because I think a lot of us, and I can speak for myself and clients I've worked with, is that my gifts didn't really turn on until I got Reiki attuned. And I didn't even know. And I, um, and specifically for me, I started hearing like my ears ringing. I started to hear things. Um, I was having these really depth dreams where I'm doing Reiki in like the sixth dimension. Why the sixth? I don't know, but I just know it was sixth dimension. Yeah. And so I was, I've been on my journey for like going on four years now. And I got attuned last year. So all of this was like kind of in my aura. Like I knew I've heard of these things, but did I ever experience it? No. And so at first it was like a little shocking to me because I'm like, is this, am I crazy? Am I paranoid? And so I had to like really be okay with what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear for you, what does that feel like? Because I know for some of us, again, I believe what you're sharing is like, we're all intuitive, but when those gifts start turning on, what do you do? Like, how did you start to feel okay with that identity of like, I can see dead people, yes. <laughs> maybe yes. other things that were coming up. Exactly. I, it was brutal. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was really brutal because I didn't, I wasn't stepping into it willingly. Thus the title of my book, the book is about the first two years of my development and I wasn't stepping into it willingly. I honestly, I got a therapist, mm -hmm. I got a therapist because I needed to, I had two small kids and I wasn't sure what this was all about. Um, I felt like I was going crazy. And if, if there's anything that's going to push you out of that worried about what people think of you box, it's this, this is one mm -hmm. of the big ones. Yeah. There's, there's a few, but there's a lot, <laughs> but this is one of those big ones where <laughs> you have to learn how to be comfortable with yourself and okay. being mm. you. And it took a while for me to figure that out. Uh, it also didn't just pop open. For me, my intuition, that one event happened, but then it took like two months for me to relax into it and start to open up my channel. Uh, and once I started to communicate with her again, it wasn't even visual. It was through goosebumps and a pendulum and yes and no questions. And so a lot of people can see a professional intuitive that's out there, has already <laughs> walked through all this. And then it feels like you're so far away from that when you're starting. Yeah, totally. And we have to remember that that professional intuitive also was in your shoes. 
And it was also difficulty. And what, what do people think about me? And wait a minute, when I lock the doors at night, it doesn't necessarily mean it keeps everything out. What is this going on? So there's a, there was a lot of it. The therapist was one of my favorite things he said to me, he was, he was amazing, man. One of the favorite things he said was what you need to do is you need to build a context for this. If you spent your entire life never seeing trees, never seeing grass, never seeing any greenery outside, and you woke up one day and all of a sudden you see greenery, it's going to take you a minute to get used to the fact that there's grass and there's leaves. So Mm. like you go and get Reiki attuned and your intuitive channel opens. It takes a minute to like, let yourself become adjusted to that. Yeah, and adjusted to the experiences that are coming through. And so I tell people, give yourself grace, give yourself some peace <laughs> and some and some time in the transition. But it is difficult. It is difficult. And I think the most valuable thing I learned in opening up, because I feel like I'm the poster child for if I can do it, you can do it. Kind yeah. Of thing. I, I think the most valuable thing I learned is that everyone has intuition, but our lifestyles create clutter. Mm. And I'm I'm not going to come down on our lifestyle at all because I like me a good spa day, right? But our lifestyles create mental clutter, environmental clutter, and emotional clutter. Yeah. And right around those teen years, we start to close down a very natural intuitive channel. Mm. So when it, when you were talking about you did Reiki and you got attunement and I could like it could op- I can see it opening from that, it would remove a lot of clutter. But it was, it was wow. quite the transition and it took yeah. me, I would say, honestly, it took me a couple of years to be yeah. comfortable with who I was. Yeah. And I think that's something to really <clears throat> like echo there is being okay with who you truly are. And I know that for a lot of us, it, if it's intuition, if it's taking an unconventional way of working or being in a relationship, I think all of that is really precedent here because the, the, the concept is like giving yourself the grace to be who you truly are. And when we are delving deeper into our own self, I believe that most of us, or at least the people that I'm exposed to and I talk to and I work with want to have a higher purpose. They want to have a higher power. They want to have something that is giving this backbone of like, keep walking the path, keep being on your path. And when we connect with our spirituality, whatever that looks like in your own definition, I think that can give us so much validity, but it also can be eye-opening to really give yourself that opportunity to be receptive to your gifts. Um, I remember that it's like everything starts to connect as you get older and you open yourself up. And so my, I like growing up, I, I um I went to a Catholic school for the first like until I was 8. Didn't really connect with it. My mom really just put me in there because she thought it was the best school. My mom believed in God, but we weren't a religious household, if you know what I mean. So it's like, cool, do what you want, but like, yeah, this is we have crosses here and there and let's go to mass every Friday, whatever. And so when I went to a public school and started growing up, I've always been that that kid that was very like why did things happen the way that they did? Like my parents got divorced. It was really nasty. I, you know, when I was in college, I had a lot of like crappy boyfriends and I've just always been that person that's like, 
this is happening for a reason. Like there's something that is like making me choose or like pushing me into these experiences. And so as I was, um, as I was like developing my career, I went to school for fashion and marketing, got a job. And then I had this like a wait, I had this first moment of like, I'm meant for more. So I pivoted into entrepreneurship, but that's not the part I'm talking about. <laughs> the part that I, I, um, I want to talk about a little bit is like when you're having an awakening is that <laughs> I was going through this breakup and I was crying over this man for every day for like a week. And I knew him for eight weeks. And I'm really honest about that because I thought that was really odd. And I'm like, what is what's going on here? Went to my yeah. first ever breathwork experience and realized that, oh my gosh, like I was so connected to whatever it was, like got all these messages, all these downloads, got out of that experience. Like, wow, that was really incredible. And I just pocketed it. And when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was spirit opening the door for me for the first time. And I wasn't fully ready until about a year because of the pandemic happened. And to me, that was like a full massive awakening. But I think it's really fascinating. If, like if we take a moment to look back at where we've been and when we talk about spirituality or intuition or talking to our guides or God, it's like, oh my gosh, there's been so many opportunities where they've, where the higher powers tried to connect me with it. And I don't feel like you can fully resonate in this conversation until you fully experience something that is otherworldly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a couple things, a lot of people that I've met who didn't believe or weren't open to it would typically follow up that statement with, but there was this one time. Yeah. There was one time when this one thing happened. So we've all touched hints of it, mm -hmm. right? But it is, it is very transformational when you start to open up to the possibilities of it. And, you know, like, like what you're saying when, when you're opening up to it and you're starting to look back and go, okay, this event played a role in this way. You know, I, I love that. I kind of, I like to honor with people when you're in it, it's, it's bad. Yeah, I get it. I'm right there yeah. with you. I'm going to be <laughs> in the mud with you, right? We're yeah. not going to toxically sort of wipe this. Everything happens for a reason, right? We're not going to do that. However, please, yes, do look back on those events that were difficult and challenging. And what did you eventually pull away from them? Hey listeners, just wanted to interrupt your episode really quick to share that the Purposeful Soul Women's Retreat in Sedona, Arizona this April is now officially open for enrollment. We are so excited. So if you are looking to explore your soul's deeper purpose, if you're desiring to learn about your individuality, your spiritual gifts so that you can authentically express yourself more in your relationships, in your business, and in your life, if you are craving a community of soul-led women who are living on purpose, wanting to grow, wanting to expand, wanting to evolve, but you find it challenging to move through your own resistances to growth and you're looking to step into that next version of you, this retreat is calling you in. Every single retreat that we have done has allowed women to massively transform because it's an accelerator for growth, for healing, and massive transformation so that you can start taking radical ownership of your life and create the dream desired reality that you want. So if you are feeling the call to a retreat, go to the link in the bio and apply now.
Now, let's get right back into the episode. Uh, to experience on that journey. And <laughs> when you were telling your story, I thought of one myself. I was like, yeah, we went to move from Florida to Washington State. I was in talks with a realtor up there on our way. We were driving and transporting up that way. And um, we got stuck in Louisiana for seven weeks. Wow. Yeah, it, it's a long story, but that's the short version of the story. <laughs> And uh, we were in commute, so we didn't have a home to go back to. So we were yeah. in the middle. Yeah. And we were not only stuck there, we were stuck in a in a very bad area too. And so it was challenging, sometimes scary, really uncomfortable, displaced, like kind of just in a, in in a nicer way, but it still happened. Yeah. We finally got back on the road, drove through the southwest corner of Colorado, and got overwhelmed with the beauty, couldn't leave, didn't know what happened, randomly talked to realtor. Within two days, we had an offer in on a house. It closed 20 days later and it's the best. It's, it's everything we wanted plus way wow. more. Yeah. In a market where it's really hard to buy a house, it was like, it was super easy. Mm -hmm. And we moved in and we're like, well, we didn't make it to Washington. And also we put a bid on a house that had just went up for sale. So it was like, spirit was like, you can't, you can't, you can't drive through here yet. Mm. Yeah. So, so you got to stay in Louisiana for like seven weeks mm. because we need you here. Yeah. And I feel like those are also, you know, and you do raise a good point there too, because there, I think there are very like clear and loud, like my breathwork experience I had in 2019 was very clear and loud of like, hello, there's yeah. something greater than you. And we're giving you the codes right now to heal. But then there are these other little nuances that if we choose to see them as such, like I lost my job. Um, I was, um, I had an online business, but I also was a personal trainer and um, in person. And so I really loved what I was doing. And I had this whole vision for myself, et cetera, et cetera. Then I got fired <laughs> during the pandemic. And to me, it's like, oh my gosh, if I, that completely changed my trajectory because I was fitness coaching and now I'm doing more business and life coaching. So it's like, whoa, spirit spoke so loud. So I, I love it. I love that subtlety of a example because those are things that we can actually start looking at too and say like, there is so much more that's happening that I can't see, but can I trust? Perfect. There's so yeah. much more that I can't see, but can I trust? And yeah. Uh, on so the two things that I also add to that myself personally is going from a, trying to change my state from why is this happening to me to what am I learning from this right now? Absolutely. Yeah. That'll like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're spiritual or not, like that will yeah. change your entire life and yes. your outlook and everything. And so not discounting it's bad, but just no, just no, 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 no. From exactly. why me to, okay, what have what, what am I gaining from this? What is it getting me ready for Yeah, kind of thing that, that was really big for me, that shift. And then also, uh, learning to trust that the lows don't go away. They just get a little less low, put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Okay, we're still going to have them because they're an important and integral part of the whole path. Yeah. We need the dark to enter the light a hundred percent. And so, Bo, I would love to, you know, segue a little bit. So you became a professional medium and you've been doing this for, you've been doing this professionally for 17 years. 
Yes. Yep. 17 years. Okay. So I want to get into something that I think is so curious of, okay, we are acknowledging at least mostly everybody that's listening to my podcast, our spiritual, are intuitive to t- some degree. They want to expand themselves. They want to flip the switch on their life. Right. And so I preach constantly like getting deeper with creating that deeper connection with yourself. And I always feel with that higher power, God's source, creator, spirit, create, creatrix. And so when we are, you know, doing the work and we're connecting with our higher power and with our purpose, I find a lot that some people feel very challenged and overwhelmed with what do I do with it? And I know that there's two parts, like the logical component of what do I do, but then the also like energetic of like, is it wrong for me to charge for my gifts and being of service? And so you've created a really successful business. You've created a book. And so I would love to hear your perspective on this. And was that, and again, especially being a highly intuitively sensitive pers- person, per- like personally, probably more than I am, um, how have you found the challenge, but also the strength to want to build something for yourself and be okay charging money for it and putting yourself out there and being of service? Yeah, there's a lot of components of that that are emotionally challenging big time. And I, um, I've i also spent the last like seven or so years training other professionals to set up their intuitive business. Love that. And it's been really rewarding for me because I can say, yeah, this is what I went through. Try this, try this, try this. And a few of those things are really important. I, the, the big piece when it comes to stepping out there in the spiritual world and in addition to being worried about, you know, what people think and having to kind of being a human being that has an ego. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, there, you can have people come at you saying, how can you charge for this? This is a gift, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's an old stereotype and it's taking a a while for mediumship, intuition, psychic abilities to come back into the mainstream of life coaching. Uh, I mean, the thing is, is that these people are going out there in in this wonderful way and changing lives and they're already using their intuition, but they're not labeling it and identifying it. So really what the transition is, is labeling that was an an intuitive moment. Once you label it, then you can more tap into it on demand and bring it into your path and your career. But especially for people who are um, doing readings or just energy work, and it's not even just energy work, but that's their focus. Right. People come down on you and say, how can you charge? I'll tell you how I can charge. <laughs> um, I also want to have my human life. Yeah. So I can commit to completely giving up my human life and, you know, giving all to everyone else. Absolutely. I really hope that you'll house me for a week because I'll need that. Right. Well, and I think that's something to say is, you know, we live in a 3D reality, no matter what you're operating in, whatever dimension or whatever it is, like we live in a 3D reality. So I almost feel like it's spiritual bypassing for people to really say, how can you charge for something? To me, that is coming from an egoic place of I'm actually envious that you have these abilities that you're now feeling capable of putting yourself out there and being of service and helping other people. 
Yeah. And I'm trying, I'm trying, yeah. Thank you. Because I'm trying to sort of flip the script on this. Yeah. Because people look at an intuitive as if they were magically touched by some sort yeah. of special dust that made them <laughs> this special thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, uh, no, I have taught at this point, I've taught tens of thousands of people globally, all walks of life. And I think one of the most fascinating things for me with my kind of like science brain, right, is to look at all of these people who I've been able to teach and, and see the similarities. Doesn't yeah. matter the path you walk. They're all opening up. They're all getting significant hits, accurate intuition on demand. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. It means that our intuitive channel is just like the other five channels. So how I try to explain it to somebody is, first off, you're putting significance on this ability that somebody has opened up to and paid attention to. Mm -hmm. there's, there's no special factor here. They pay frame right there. Situation, yeah. Right. Yeah. You're putting a special factor on this and then putting it in a religious context, mm -hmm. right? You're also giving 10% of your income to your religious path, but not, but not to the individual that's tapping in. So there's a lot of spin on how can I push you down? How can I make you feel bad? And how can I put you in a position of service for me? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really toxic approach yep. that people struggle with when they go out into the world and say, I want to do energy work or I want to do this. Um, they're being completely disregarded to their survival needs, their human needs, their, um, their commitment. And people are also not putting into, they don't see behind the scenes of everything that comes into this, everything that the person does to be able to step out into the world. And so it's, it can be really difficult when that judgment comes across, but it's exactly what it is. It's judgment. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's from a place of just not knowing. Not knowing. And I think also there can be a sense of jealousy there with mm -hmm. people who are seeing you shine, whatever, if you're doing readings, if you're doing coaching, um, they don't understand what they don't know. And also there might be a little bit of that, well, I don't have that or, well, how can you do this and so on and so forth. And so I think as you're growing and wanting to, I think when you create the opportunity for you to find your purpose, I believe everybody on this planet has a purpose, whether or not you tap into it, whether or not, like, you know, I think everyone walks into your life for a purpose, right? It might not be the most positive purpose, but it's giving you something that your soul needed to learn or heal from. So with that being said, but on the topic of deepening our pur life's purpose and being of service to other people, I feel when you acknowledge that, you start to live that, you automatically want to start getting out of this conventional way of thinking because it's, you know, coming back to like you're getting out of the matrix and you want to create something that feels very good for you. And like you said, I also want to have a really amazing human experience, you know? Yep. And so when, <laughs> excuse me, when we are, you know, getting to that place and our abilities are turning on, and like you said, there's some people that, you know, you're, whether you're coaching or holding space or being of service in any capacity, you are tapping into your intuition for the most part, right? And yeah. so when you're getting to that place in yourself and wanting to start something for yourself, create your own reality, I think it can be really challenging for a lot of people because they don't know exactly 
like they almost feel like this like guilt behind doing it and guilt behind starting a business. And I totally get that there's so many logical components of starting your own business, but you know, with you mentioning being a highly sensitive person and having the judgment, having people like, you know, great, like I feel privileged. I haven't had anybody ever say like, how dare you charge? But I can imagine for people that are, you know, professional intuitives and psychics, they think that, yeah, you're just like, like magic dust that's just here to serve everybody. And like, you're just on this pedestal, but yet I'm not seeing you as an equal. And so how have you moved through that for your own business? And, you know, are there anything that you've seen when you've been coaching other people to create their own business, any big challenges for them, um, getting out of their own way, being a spiritual person and also wanting to have a soul led business, if you will. Absolutely. The, the stigma is there. It is, it, it really is there and it can be really hard for people. <coughs> the uh, And jealousy is one, like you had mentioned, there's also another one out there uh, because I have been confronted by people who were like, you have the special magic dust. So that was sprinkled on you. So you should give to me. And mm. further looking down that pattern with the number of sessions that I've done, the number of people that I've worked with, I've started to see a pattern. And in addition to jealousy, there's also people that will approach you out of a sense of scarcity. Mm-hmm. They're in scarcity. And so, and, and that's unfortunate and working to help people get out of scarcity is a beautiful thing, but they can project that onto mm-hmm. you, right? I'm suffering. I need help. You're somebody that can help me. And because I'm putting this special religious, spiritual thing around you, you should just do that for me. Yeah. Right. They're not doing that with, um, teachers or nurses or, you know, people that are there, therapists or they're not, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the best alignment. They wouldn't do that with, uh, you know, the closest one, because to be fair, nurses and teachers are doing just beyond incredible things. And I'm so grateful for them. I think a closer alignment would be a life coach, right? Yeah. They wouldn't think that of a life coach, but because they're putting this woo woo special thing over you, they're going to say, well, no, you have to just do it for free. And so I have, I've taught people, um, I've worked with people actually who have stepped out into the world and they start small and then it goes further than that. I think one big hurdle in addition to what we've talked about is always with somebody using their intuition because it's not 100% accurate for anyone. Side note, if you ever meet an intuitive that says they're 100% accurate, turn around and walk the other way as fast as you can. <laughs> Okay. But because it's not hundred percent accurate and because many times you're working with someone on the direction in their life mm-hmm. that can weigh on an individual who is being the intuitive. What if I say something wrong? Yeah. What if I'm not accurate on something? What if this, and, and there's, there's some weight there that a lot of people don't see. And so the nerves can also come with charging money of yeah. like, the second you charge money, now you need to perform mm. now you need to make like what, ha- what is going to come through has to be good because right. of this concept of giving for the value yeah. now it needs to be at a certain value. That's the biggest hurdle. That's yeah. the biggest hurdle. And I've told all of, um, all of my students over the years who have gone out to become professional, if you need to start small, 
Mm -hmm. either attach intuition to a service that you're already doing that you're already super confident with add a you know a little bit of into intuition to it let's say you do an hour session in the last five minutes is just if you're comfortable i'd like to tap in and see if anything comes through intuitively start there right mm -hmm. but if you're just doing a straight on intuitive session for an hour go ahead and start small start small yeah. i guarantee because this is the pattern i've seen with everyone you're going to start at a smaller number per hour and, you're, and that's going to give you the peace and calm to do your work six months later you're going to feel underpaid guarantee yeah. and yeah. that's where you want to get to is where you're like you start to learn your own value but unfortunately it's not necessarily one two three four five training it's more like go in see what happens and then learn where your strengths are. Yeah. So then you can feel good about your value in the work you do. Yeah. And I think that that concept can be applied to anyone starting a business and anything because yeah. yeah, there's like such a stigma and taboo on money. And I think that, you know, I know it's a lot of like self-worth. I know that it can be a lot of our past trauma and how we developed a relationship with money. But I also realize like, there are so many people that I've had touch points with where it is very challenging for them to pay themselves well or feel confident charging. And so I'd love to kind of go into a mini rabbit hole on the money component. I'd love to hear your perspective of how to shift your mindset around money when you are having a soul led business. The mindset around money, that that's an interesting one because when it comes to spirituality, the further you go down your spiritual path, the more you realize that money doesn't really um, exist. I know that sounds really cliche, but it becomes um, a source that provides experiences. Yeah. So a great transition stepping into how to charge, what to, you know, how to handle that is to not only walk the steps that you already know to walk going down that road, but to also kind of add to that, the, the affirmation, if you will, or the messaging within your own mind of, I'm not making money. I'm making a source that will provide me the experiences that you want. When you start to shift into what you want, like I talked about finding this house, this house is not a 10,000 square foot mansion <laughs> sitting at the base of some beautiful mountain. This house is exactly what I need and no more. Yeah. And that's what brings me the bliss. So when we shift from the dollar amount to um, what do I want to experience in my life? Do I want to travel or do I want to spend more time with grandkids or kids or do it? What lay out the experiences you want, then the money will align with that. Mm. Right. A lot of people that are doing this work, they're not looking to get the $500,000 car. That's not the thing that they want. They yeah. want the laughter, the experiences, the connections, uh, and they want to experience this reality for what it actually is. Yeah. Focusing on that a lot will actually automatically make sure that you're paid. Let me give you a quick example too. I was years ago, I do spiritual clearings and uh, years ago, there was like two or three in a row in one week where I was driving to the locations and the people could not afford those clearings. Now, when it comes to clearings, I tend to to offer to do them because that is a family that's really needs something. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just somebody finding out like, 
you know, if they what should, you do and yeah, you know, what, yeah. Tell me, you know, if I should sell my house or not. So when I go to clearings, it's really yeah, helping people that are really struggling. And so I did two or three of them in one week um, and I knew they couldn't afford them. So I just did them. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving back from one saying to my guides, Hey, I need you to balance this out a little bit because it's time and money and gas. And I, and there's this other thing that I'm trying to balance out. So um, help me balance it out. That afternoon I went, I went to Starbucks and I was like to get just a coffee and the cash, the cashier like leaned out with his box of donuts. She goes, we have an extra box. Do you want it? And I was like, sure. She gave me like two dozen donuts. And wow. then <laughs> that later that afternoon, I brought my car in for, um, for an oil change. And the, the dealer was like, oh, it's on us today. Don't even worry about it. I'm like, wow. Huh? So it's not about the dollar bills coming in. Mm-hmm. It's about um, making sure that your experiences are met. I love that. And I love that new, I love that perspective shift too, because I realized too that, you know, in the beginning of my journey in coaching, you know, we, in, in the coaching industry, it's like this, like, pedestal of like, if you hit that six figure mark in your business, you've made it, you know? And so it was like, we all strive for like in the beginning of our coaching journey, like three, four years ago, like we're going to hit that six figure gear, blah, 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 blah. And then that will signify all of this. And so when I started to really look at my money patterns and, um, not last year, but the year before that, I was going through a lot of financial challenge, like to a point where it was like, I felt universe was like, figure out how to feel worthy without money, go. (laughs) And so it was really like the, like the year before last, a little bit of last year that I really started to create this sense of abundance in my, in my energy field of like, I am worthy without the money. I'm worthy without the clients. I'm worthy without the partner. I'm worthy without everything. And I started to recognize what you were sharing of like money. If we start to look at money as just a me, just one, they're just numbers in our bank account. One, two, that the lifestyle and the experiences that we want to have. And when we can start showing up to our, what what am I trying to say? I would say when we start showing up to ourselves and like start charging our value, I don't want to say worth, but when we start charging our value, one, we start to feel really aligned with the work that we're doing. And that other person gets to be called forward. That is another way where it's empowered me to charge more for my services. And two, the energetic piece of Money just helps me make more impact. The more money that I can receive, the more that I can give back, the more that I can create jobs, the more that I can live a lifestyle that makes me feel super nourished. So then guess what? I can get more education. I can get more um, practice. I can give more to others. And that really helped me create this new relationship of what I view money and not just like, oh my God, I'm taking something from somebody, but I'm actually making someone's life better. And that monetary value is so significant to people that if if I'm paying for X, X service, then I have to show up to it. And I'm sure with you, when you've invested in yourself and people invest in you and vice versa with me as well, it makes you feel really good to like put your money towards something like that and then get the ROI. Exactly. Exactly. I've had a lot of people. So I I have a large course. It's like a seven week course. And I've been teaching it since like 2008. And I put it online in 2019. And I had a lot of people with a lot of opinions, 
come to me on how much it should be priced. Mm. I had about a quarter of the people saying, you should sell it for $40. I'm like, wow. Cause I used to teach this course in person for $1,500 in person. Mm. And you know, and it's seven weeks in length. So it's a big course. Right. And then, then on the other side of it though, a lot of people would come to me and say, oh, well, you have to show the value of this course. It needs to be a $3,000 course. And I'm like, and that in the end, I landed on the price that my heart connected to. Yeah. Because you've got a lot of people out there that say, do it this way, do it this way, do it this Mm -hmm. way. If you Mm -hmm. do it this way, it's working for everybody else. Just go down that YouTube spiral and you've got everybody that'll tell you how to be, you know, wealthy with your courses and things like this. Right. right. Bottom line is that this is where intuition becomes so important. Mm -hmm. You have to sit down and feel where it's right. This is where it feels right for me. And it's not about one sale. It's about a hundred. Why? Because if a hundred people take the course, a hundred people are helped. So when it comes to scaling, we also have to think, what is your impact? What's your goal? And then I was able to scale to a point where I was now, now I'm able to travel to different locations and do live workshops in different areas. Uh, So that's that's where it gets to what do you want to give what do you want people to experience what is your goals around changing people's lives then come back and look at the pricing and what you need to be able to do that i uh, i love that i think that's such a beautiful like sum up of how you should be viewing money especially when you're a service provider or wanting to get into a service based business because <clears throat> excuse me, um, because it really helps you look at the bigger picture and you recognize I can't do this without monetary value because we live in a 3D world. So it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. We live in a 3D world. And so we, I think, collectively need to move through this taboo of talking about money and create more education and more experiences to really look at what money can do for ourselves and for others. And yeah, being around people who see the value of what money can do versus the opposite side of the coin where money is evil and this and that and the other. Um, but yeah, I love I love what you're sharing around just really creating that healthy dynamic with money and and also again, you know, when we talk about building a business as a spiritual or a soul led soul led business, I'm giving it more of a generalized term. But um, when we create a soul led soul led business as a spiritual being. I think it's really important to really honor where we're at and the gifts that we have and recognizing that we are meant to share them. And that's what yeah. the universe, God's source creator wants you to do is share your gifts mm-hmm. and they want you to feel wealthy internally, right? Wealthy to me is a feeling and an embodiment. So if we believe that, we if we believe that our people up there <laughs> are really wanting the best for ourselves, then they would want us to charge what we feel valued of. And so I think it's a little bit of a logical component and strategy, but I also think it's this energetic and being okay with charging and being okay with creating a business that feels really good for you. And yeah. yeah, And I think, you know, creating a sense of a new way to internalize your beliefs and let go of the beliefs that are just not yours, which I think is also a part of the spiritual journey is really creating a life and a mindset that feels really good for you and that works for you. Yeah. And I I think to add to what you're saying, 
I am excited about what's happening today mm-hmm. in the world uh, yeah. as far as leaders, teachers, and influencers, because what I'm seeing is that people are fed up with fake. They're fed up with um, the clear vision of somebody who's just in it for a dollar. Yep. And they are looking for authenticity. Yeah. So this is why this excites me because those who are going out there in the world to actually make a difference, to actually help, to lift up others or to coach somebody who's ready to be lifted up, those people will be highlighted. Mm-hmm. You just need to stick with you be you, right? Be you, be authentic. It doesn't, it's not the price tag anymore on what you're offering that justifies the value of it. It yeah. used to be that, oh, well, this is this session is $200, so they must be really good. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not how it's un, un, uncovering anymore. And I am so there for it. I am so happy about it. People are understanding that it's the authentic individuals that are out there who really know what they're doing. And it might not be 200, it might be 100, but those people are reaching a thousand people at a hundred instead of 10 people at 200, which means they're opening the floodgates of change in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's where scaling is going to people who are authentic are going to be able to scale with more ease. Yeah, absolutely. Originality, rawness, authenticity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we're creating more autonomy to create something that feels really good for us. At the end of the day, you can listen to anybody else that's doing one thing. But what I've realized is I've spent thousands of dollars in my coaching where I've learned from other people. And then I'm like, well, why am I not getting the results? And it's like, okay, well, it worked for them. It doesn't work for me. And that's where I have to check in with my energy, check in with my intuition and say, yeah. Is it something I want to do in my business? No, it's not. Can I outsource? Can I just completely remove that altogether and still create the result that I want? It's like a yes or a no. And so yeah. over time, again, creating a soul-led business, creating this opportunity for yourself to express your gifts and be of service to other people, it's checking in with yourself and saying, what is the impact? What is the overall goal? How do I get to do that? And how do I start creating this healthy relationship with money? That money flows, that money is a positive thing in my life. Absolutely. And I think that you nailed it all so divinely in sharing that you've been, you know, doing this work for 17 plus years and also being a intuitive, sensitive person, knowing that it's still possible for you. Because I think that's something, again, to like anchor into, because I think a lot of people are like looking for that source to say, I can't, or it's not my right time, or like God's source creator doesn't want me to do this. And it's like, no, that is your own ego that is preventing you from doing something that is purpose filled. And you get to have that. You get to have whatever you want in your lifestyle. And doesn't matter how spiritual you are or not. I really believe we get to create our own reality, 100%. Hundred percent. And when it comes to creating my reality, people say, "Well, how do you price yourself and your courses?" I price my. I I decide first who I want to show up for, and how I want to show up for them. Love that. Then I price what is that going to take for me to be able to do comfortably for my mental health. 
And that's a, I think that's another big piece that people don't talk about. Oh, you should give for free. Okay. Well, I'll be super stressed because I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my lights on and then I'm not going to be able to give you what I really, so how, who am I showing up for? How do I want to show up for them? Then I plan, what is that going to financially take for me to be in a good space to do that? That's where the abundance is. Oof. Love that though. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. And to wrap up our episode, I'd love to hear what you're working on, if we can get involved in any way and how can we connect with you? I am. Well, currently I'm recording an audiobook, which is taking me way out of my comfort zone. Ooh. Absolutely. So that's delicious. That's fun. It's from the book <laughs> that's been printed for a long time, but I procrastinated and here I am. So I'm doing that right now. Uh, and I'm just, I'm building a community for this exact reason. I'm building community for people to be able to, to find other people who are out there showing up for others and making a difference and then also taking care of their mental health spiritually. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's really my main focus. That's so exciting. And where can we connect with you? Oh, thestagemethod.com. I keep everything on the main site, T-H-E-S-A-G-E method.com. Beautiful. All right, Bo, thank you so much. And everyone go connect with her on the Sage Method. Go check out her book. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Mm, what a powerful episode coming on here just to lovingly remind you that we now have a question form to fill out. So if you would like your question answered, or if you would like to hear more specific topics or hear from specific guest experts, I'm really inviting you to go to the show notes, click the link for the question form and fill out your question. It can be completely anonymous. This just helps me craft and curate the best conversations with expert leaders and also solo episodes.